Yes, guys. Welcome to the Hope Podcast, which is helping other people everywhere. Did I get that right? Helping other people everywhere. Hope, yep. Hope, yep. The Hope Podcast with myself, Daps, and we have... Riley Johnson. Excellent. So, um, yeah, basically, we just thought we'd come together and, you know, put on a podcast for you guys. Obviously, Brad plays for Blackburn Rovers Professional Footballer, and I have a separate podcast where Brad's been on. And we thought we'd come together, put our platforms together and just have conversations with people who have made something out of themselves and, you know, want to give hope. You know, it's not, it's not cheesy at all. So today we have um, Harvey from Soul Solid. And um, yeah, we're just going to bring him in now, just have a conversation, man, and just see, see what happens here. This should be a good one. Brad, proper excited. I can, I can feel it. I am, man. Let's go. Where is he? It's coming in now. Here yes, he is. my bro. What's happening? Nothing, nothing, nothing. We're just, we're just here, man. We're just here. Why's why's, why's Bradley acting like he's not a legend? He's just sitting there all calm. Man's been doing this, doing this professional thing how long? And you're the legend. You're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's. I don't know what's all good with him, man. I, I think he's. I think he's a bit nervous. I've got to used to this. My first one. No, no I'm serious. Yeah. Brad is stepping into my world now, the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me, trust me. But yeah, man, we, we thought we'd, we'd get you on and um just talk about your journey and, and where it started for you, man. So a lot of people know you from So Solid, obviously, but So Solid isn't all that you've done. Like, where did it all start for you? For me, it started in um, Battersea, SW11. That's the postcode, man. Clapham Junction. Mm. And um, way before any form of music or even um, growing up with a man then, the only people I've grown up with that's actually from Battersea and So Solid is Mega and Romeo, in terms of the names that you know. Um, Lisa, um, Asher, we recruited. Lisa's from Brixton and Asher was, Asher was from Campbell. So even before I get to that point of joining So Solid, my life was exactly the same as, as Bradley's, heavily influenced by football. Um, Chelsea signed me um, on my schoolboy forms at 11, 11 years old. Um, they didn't take me on because at the time it was between, um, when we got to our apprenticeship, it was between me and a guy called Neil Clement, who Bradley's will know very well who ended up playing for West Brom. So I could take the L on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, I just, I, from there, um, I signed my pro, done my apprenticeship and my pro at Barnet. Um, Ray Clements signed me. So like I said, I didn't have no incline I was going to do music. I, I could always spit. People knew I could spit. But mm. that was, I was thinking, what, what black rappers do you see on TV in England at mm. that time? You know what I mean? It was, in, it was just a hobby. I'd just speak to the man them on the coach coming back from football or in the dressing room just for, just for banter. So, yeah, man, that's, it all started in, um, like I said, for myself, South West London, man, Battersea, Clapham Junction. That's the streets that made me, my bro. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's so, like, it's so weird that you say that people weren't, uh, well, not weird, weren't rapping because looking back to them, them times, you guys were... You, you guys were it for us. Like, you lot set the foundations. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, we had random rappers here and there, but they all used to rap American. So, like, how did you guys actually form the, the click and, and how did you take it on from there, basically? The whole genius of the idea is obviously Mega Man's ideas in terms of formulating so solid, but we got so much history in Battersea. Like, my mum used to run the youth club. Do you understand? So... All the, all the youths from the hood go to my mum's youth club. Everyone knows my mum, Jenny. You get what I'm saying? So we'd have a lot. Back then, we was in sounds, innit? Mega was in a sound called Kilowatt. I was in another sound called Bully. And us, man, used to clash. Ragga days, man. No no garage business. Straight dub plates, bro. You get me? And um, when I was young, like, me and Romeo went to the same school. So Romeo was always, always talented in terms of the, the MCing thing. But even then, he was more on gal them times. You know what I'm saying? No one's really... Oh, that was with his music as well. Love the girls, isn't it? Exactly. So even when it formulated, um, Mega kind of found out. Someone said, right, you know Harvey's kind of like not playing football like he used to. He's still playing semi-pro, but they kind of heard the rumour. So Mega was just looking for me just to recruit me because I was MCing like 
as you know, brothers, I didn't know what a Friday night was. Friday nights in bed, pasta, game the next day. Do you understand? So when I got let, when I came out of like the professional game, started playing semi pro, I started pushing the boundaries a bit, like going out on a Friday night. Yeah, just doing some madnesses, and um, and then obviously Romeo started to take me to a rave called I don't know if you remember a rave called One Nation. Like it was a massive I'm rave. Which I never went raving when I was that young age. Yeah, yeah, so from the One Nation and Garage Nation days, like I was this MC with Romeo, just going along with him as a friend, and he used to pay me like fifty pound out of his money. Now like, mm. you get me, like you hold that, you get me, like right, you're giving me this for chatting shit, no problem. <laughs> Like, no problem. Yeah. And then Mega recruited me at Batsy, bro. And as you know, bro, like, within a year later, bro, like, 21 seconds in shot within six months, where I'm finding out that everyone's going mad over us over England. I started to build my fan base on, the, like, all the private radio stations. And next, you know, a year later, bro, millions of records sold, Brit Awards, Mobos. I didn't even know what hit me, bro. Well, right then, in 2001 is when... So solid when you joined so solid because 2002 was when you won the Brits, was it? So, so imagine this, brothers, yeah, which is funny. I joined so solid in 1999, but All right. still playing, yeah, we had to do, yeah, still playing. I'm still playing semi pro, so we but we had to do our underground work. So that's when we were doing like the ghetto raves, like Sun City, all them raves, the Cosa Nostra. That was like building up your that was like your, you went yeah. to all of them. You know, I, mean, I got, I got older brother, was a Stratford Rex. And, yeah, uh, right. Brother. Yes, brothers. Yeah. First place, yeah. I got invited down there by a Wiley and Maxwell D. When like the first year of us not popping. It's the first place I've ever chatted a lyric, yeah. And as I chatted the lyric, they don't know lyric. Two youths just put a gun in the air and bust two shots. I said, <laughs> Where the <laughs> Where the hell am I? <laughs> like they shot up. But their way of showing love in East London was different. Do you yeah. just pull that like whoa? Nah, these youths are mad in East London. These these Clapton youths are mad, bruv. These Hackney men are not well. That's why Brothers is... You see Brothers on the pitch? Brothers is mad. You always see the hood come out of him on the pitch. Yeah, I, I went to watch him against Charlton. He's a flipping bully, mate. Nah, he's a bully, bruv. Like, I, got, I got footage of Brothers on my phone playing against Brentford, yeah? The guy touched him in the wrong way. Brentford looked, looked like... Brad, brothers looked like he wanted to cut the guy. Like, what are you, what are you touching? But I was like, bruv. <laughs> nah, yeah, I've got that side in me still. Wow. Yeah, nah, he's all mad. But what, what, what I did want to ask you was that, because obviously South London is, well, it was a madness back then. So I've grown up in Peckham. So you can imagine, you can imagine what it was like back then. And, and, you know, you guys, even though you're selling millions of records, you're on the bricks and everything, you're still very much local. Like, how was it for you guys trying to, you know, navigate, you know, in, in that space of, you know, celebrity. But at the same time, you still got the ends. You still got the ends trying to pull you back in. Like, what was that like? Oh, you got to understand, the first year before 21 Seconds got, came out, in 2001, I got stabbed in Napa, innit? So we had a big war in Napa with some Manchester guys. So that was just like the start. That was just one of millions of things about to happen. Obviously, like, you know, each man's got all their different beefs. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you got to look at, like, Mega and Mac and Face, they're actually from the road. They do this, innit? I, bruv, people respect me just for being a fighter, bruv. I just knocked man out. I was just, a, that's me. I'm not, I was, I was playing football. I was always a constructive you. So, obviously, when you're affiliated to a crew, I'm now picking up Demlot's enemies now. You get what I'm saying? So, like, it was weird. In my day, Cup and Junction and Peckham was always cool. All my, so much brethren's in Peckham. Me going to Peckham was never no problem. Clapham Junction and Brixton now. <laughs> Different ball games. So a lot of my heat, that's when it started to come now. You know, you're hearing that this man sending threats from this area that he wants to rob you. This one wants to do that. Obviously now, being a target, you've got to extra be on your P's and Q's. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for me, the biggest saviour to me was, at the time, I was with Alicia at the time. We used to give her six years. And... I got my first record deal. My, my first record deal was for a quarter of a million pound. And she, she, imagine if she just signed her new album deal with Mystique. So at that time, within three days, bruv, me and I got half a million pound, bruv, in checks sitting in our yard. So we're like, she's like, you need to get out of here. She's like, my mum's in it. She's like, you need to get out. Like, biggest saviour ever, bruv. 
And literally, we bought a house in St. Albans, bro. And it was the biggest change because she saved me a lot of heat because a lot, some of the man then back then was ignorant. No, man's not leaving the bits, bro. Leave the bits, bro. People, black people don't want to see you do well, bro. You get me? See me? No one can tell me nothing, bro. I was gone, blood. Four bedroom yard, up Hertfordshire. I found my peace and my zen. You get me? Them times, like, when I moved away, loads of things happened. You know, there was attempted murder cases going on. There was this beef. There was that. And, I, I, and it was mad because I was sitting back watching the boys, man. I was thinking, you, man, got to get out of this environment, man. Because it's not, it's not working well for us. That's why we didn't make a second album, because there was so much court cases. You get me? So did that, was, so did that, did that cause conflict in between the group with you leaving? Because I know it's like I've come from East London, I've come from a rough part, and I've left there from when I was 16. So to leave all my friends, and when I come back, you know, it's like you've been away for so long, I'd come back to East London, just go and see my family, immediate family, friends, and then I'd have to go back. So sometimes when I'm coming back, people saying, oh, look at him, he's gone, he don't check for me no more, stuff like that. How did you, how did you deal with that? Exactly what you went through, Brad. Exactly the same, you know. But you see with me, I was just so... My two bona fide brethren that are serious in Captain Junction, they're so proud of me that they was like, bruv, do what you got to do, yeah? If anyone tell, says anything, bruv, let them come and see us then. So it was good to have that backing. But of course it's like, when I left so I'm, bruv, I was the first one to leave so solid, bruv. It's no mystery to everyone. You're going to see all this in our biopic when our film comes out. Bruv, me and Meg had a big fallout. Do you understand? A big fallout, bro. So I was the first one to leave. So even then, it was like, Harvey's this, Harvey's that. Duh, 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 duh. Mega went jail at the time. But when I left, it was the right thing for me to do because my career just went from then. I got, became a presenter on T4. Then mm -hmm. I ended up bloody doing a musical in the West End, getting nominated for Best Support Actor. So it obviously showed that I needed to get away from this organisation at that time. And I remember like, I was doing the musical and Mega came out of jail and he, came, he turned up at my musical, he come to watch me. And like, he, he comes out the back of the stage door and he said, bro, you know, it's the best thing you've ever done, brother. Like, I'm sorry how I acted, da 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 Because it's age, you know, you develop. And then- You grow up, you get that now, like, you go home and see friends and yeah, it's age, you grow up and grow out of it, so, yeah. It was tough for all the boys, like, I've got to deal, me and Romeo's got to deal with being the sweet boys, so man want to mark up our face and do us something just because they're jealous and we get all the girls. Yeah. Mega's got to deal with being a boss. You get me? Asher's then got to deal with being this multi-talented actor. Do you understand? Lisa's got to be brucking up girls because they want to scar up her beautiful face. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is this, it was just non-stop, bro. But it, and like, it was bad because... You know, the worst thing that I ever done, Brad, and I'll never forget this, brother, my mum, I'll never forget this, yeah? I owned a gun, bro, for three weeks, bro, three weeks. And I rang my mum, yeah? And then my mum rang my dad, bro. <laughs> and my dad and my dad was like, son, what are you going to do with that? And when I explained it to my dad, yeah, is like, my mum was panicking because she's a woman. But my, I said, dad, I said, I don't even think I'm going to be alive in the next two years. I don't, I've got all these haters that I've inherited. I don't know who's coming at me. You know what I mean? I've had to move 50 miles from where I've grown up. It's, it's just, it was just a, a volatile time. Um, mm. And then my, one of my good friends said to me, you never carry them things, bro. You walk with God in your heart. You get me? Man mm. says, Harvey, you're a blessed guy, bro. You're going to be a star. And famous last words, brother. Uh, from that day, bro, got rid, of, got, got rid of the firearms, bro. I can't even believe I owned one, bro. Because what, what they do to lives, bro, do you understand? Mm. Is, is madness. And that was like my... I'd say that probably the first four years from 2001, Brad, up until about 2005, was the toughest time. You're sitting there thinking, you guys are killing it. Like, two million records sold, Brit Awards, Mobos. It's probably the most stressful fucking time of my life, bro. And I've been there as well. Obviously, people don't see what goes on, on the inside. People think about, like I can say for me, when coming from East London, oh, he's playing in the Premier League. You must yeah. be getting that moment. But they don't realise what you have to go to sacrifices. Like you said, I wasn't, I weren't going out with my friends. I had to when they were going out partying and stuff, I was like, I've got football next day, so I'm not doing it. The sacrifice you have to go to, certain people don't see that, and they just see the glitz and glam of it and think, oh, he's doing fine, he's got living here with this amount of money and stuff like that, but they don't really see the sacrifice that we have to go through to, to get to where we are. Like, brothers, people like, there's certain footballers, yeah, we're, we're friends, but there's certain footballers, obviously, you know, I've grown up with Clinton Morrison and Sean Davis, so, <laughs> as you know, Sean's another one, he's like you, Brad, Sean comes from Clapham Junction, Sean had, yeah. he's, Sean had bag of dramas, but difference is, man, Sean had all us man around him, as you, just the same with you. I see the support. Tricky, all your East London bridges you've grown up with that are about it. 
I see the support they give you. You get me? And we was just like, we always say to the boys, like, people like yourself, Andre Gray's, you lot are ghetto youths, bro, and we all know it. You're just ghetto youths that just done, just done well with playing football. Do you understand? You, Andre Gray, Clinton Morrison, Sean Davis, Hayden Mullins, Rio Ferdinand, you man come from the bits, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I probably more gravitated to watching you lot when you lot was footballers, because I know them man they've come from struggle. Yeah, you can relate. Yeah. You know I, mean? I know your story. That's why when I at Derby, bro, I came up to you and gave you a hug, bro. I'm like, bro, don't get it twisted. I've been watching you your whole life. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? I've always known that like, you've come from a tough area and what you, you, you've had to fight. I've always known that managers have always gave you the old back in the day. Oh, he's got a chip in his shoulder. The usual stereotype. Um, oh, he talks like a black boy. No, he doesn't, bro. He's from the end. That's his mm. condition. Yeah? yeah. Do you understand? They don't get it. So. It's just the same kind of obstacles, brothers, but just in a different art form, just in music. You know what I mean? How do you deal with that, though? Because, you know, we talk about, you know, this chip on your shoulder and, and everything. And, you know, like you said, it's the same. Not, it's not football, but you've had to deal with it. And you've done, like you said, you've done T4. You've done um, West End stuff. Like, how do you deal with navigating your way through all of these different, you know, industries, knowing that because of how you are and your upbringing, and they probably see you as, ah, oh, that rapper from TV. Like, they're going to deal with you a certain way. Bro, I, with me, yeah, I've always knew my talent, bro. I've always knew it in my head, and I knew what I could do. And when I even got into Soul Solid, my goal, my goal wasn't just to be in the music game. It was to expand, do you understand? So I got a big up a woman called Janie Valentine, bro. She's the first woman that signed me to T4. I was like... How's this black woman at Channel 4, I mean, white woman at Channel 4, giving this young black boy a chance to now go and hold it down with Vernon Kay and June Sarpong, like these iconic presenting names? Like, and as soon as I walked in, I'd done an interview, she dragged me in the room, said, You're charismatic, you're funny, you engage with people, you get on with anyone. And she was like, Take that throughout your whole career. And then, as soon as I signed to T4, June Sarpong gave me the best advice ever. I was sitting with her at five o'clock in the morning, two hours before we was about to go live, yeah? She went to me, Harvey, you come from a group that's been through a lot of controversy and everything. And she goes, see you now? You're a celebrity now. You know, people love you. She goes, never use your colour as an excuse. And I went, Ross. Like, best bit of advice she ever gave me because she goes, you're in, you're here. You're in Channel 4. You're accepted. You don't need to say, because I'm black. You know what I mean? Like, you're here because you're talented. Forget your colour. Forget all this. Like, you're, that's why you were here. That's why Jamie Valentine went to the top bosses and went, we're signing this boy to Channel 4. Even though I know what's going on now, the deeper bosses, the commissioners was like, yeah, yeah. we can't the, the, the black thing. But I'm not, I don't even want to focus on that. But she believed in me as a white producer at Channel 4. So I'd rather focus on her giving me a chance than the little pricks that was behind, that yeah. was holding me. That didn't really want me to present to you for. And then when mm. I went on there, it was the highest rating since Dermot, Dermot um, O'Leary and Margarita Taylor said, have that then. Have that. <laughs> that was it, man. I learned, I learned how to be a chameleon and just not... I, from that point of presenting, I wasn't threatening to people no more. People didn't, wasn't scared when I walked in a room. You know what I'm saying? They was like, oh, he's fun, like, he laughs. Come on, I'm on T4, bruv. You've got to be a prat. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Men in black, they had to wear men in black suit and dress up like Will Smith. I gotta go and talk to people on Hollyoaks, bro. You can't be no, you can't bring the roads to these places. Mm, Get me? Mm, and you know what? Shall be honest with you, the Bill Endel. I don't give a fuck what people think, bro. I'm so comfortable in my skin, bro. Yeah, I don't give a shit, bro. What you think? I'm gonna go through anyway. So keep talking. Yeah. But that's the sort of belief you you, you need to have. Hundred um, percent. If this podcast is hopefully gonna attract like a young audience, and this is what we want to give them, like. No matter where you come from, no matter your background, your surrounding, if, if you believe in yourself, you can achieve anything like you've done and like I've done. So that's good to hear, though. Yeah. Man, what's, no. what's mad for me, like, slightly everyone knows, yeah, in my house, yeah, I watch more football than any form of music. Football is my life. I live and breathe it. And I, I buzz off just watching you lot every Saturday, just out there. Do you know what I'm saying? And hmm. there's part of me that, like, even though I played at a high level and you know, I stopped playing. My last club was AFC Wimbledon at 26. I was still being a celebrity and playing at, in the conference. Do you know what I mean? And But watching you lot sometimes, I think, shit, man, what I'll do to go back, man. And, like, I just, can, you can't beat the banter of a football dressing room. Why they, did you stop? 
brother, it was just when I got to say, I'd say about when I got to my last club, when I signed for Aldershot, and I had a great season at Aldershot, two great seasons. Bristol Rovers put in their bitch for me at the time. And I broke my ankle away to Slough. And then I knew that the age that I was and the places that Clinton was going, Hayden was going, I thought the highest I'm going to really play realistically was League Two, League One. You know what I mean? Clinton mm. um, and then man there and Sean and Jody Morris and then man there. They were just elite footballers, bro. And I said to myself, ain't no grand a week, two grand a week, yeah, get, giving me no mortgage and no... I dream big, bro. You get me? So... I just started doing other shit, bro. But then I thought to myself, because that Aldershot, all they offered me was £500 a week. What the fuck's that going to do for me, bro? You get me? I can't live off that for two years. How am I supposed to move to a yard? Bro, how am I supposed to pay a deposit on five bills a week? No. Are you saying that because, are you saying that because you've seen money? Yes, because I I was signing contracts from an early age. Mm. And as, as like Bradley from a late, from when, bruv, when I was at Chelsea, bruv, they was paying my mum, bro. Do you understand? Mm. Like, give me a little, they call it expenses, but basically, yeah. They, but with football, there's no, bruv, they was loyal to me, yeah, until Neil Clement came back from Lillishaw. Then it was like, goodbye. You get me? Mm. He had, obviously, he went on to be a great pro, so like I said, I'll take the L. <laughs> yeah. But I was just a big, like I said, a big dreamer, bro. And the dreams that I had in my head of, I used to draw a picture, yeah. My mum would say, you're so mad. She goes, I used to draw a picture when I was young, yeah, of a house, a car, a woman, and a man, and a kid, like a matchstick drawing, yeah. Mum said, you used to draw it from a kid. And I swear to God, when I first ever got married, and I, and I bought my first house in Hertfordshire, I said, Rati, how these pictures come to life? Because mm. as I looked out in my drive, there was like Alicia's Mercedes, my X5, my big four-bedroom house in St. Albans, obviously no kids at the time. And I was like, Ross! Mm. become things innit yeah mm. were you prepared for like because obviously all this happened and you were, you were young at the time were you prepared for the fact that you're going to have to grow up and make you know your human everyday mistakes in the public eye no way in hell bro like even, I was having this discussion with my wife the other day and even she she was saying to me like babies when you were Alicia you was young you was a baby like think of how much your mindset is now and I think, the, if I could have taken anything back, yeah, being young, I would have not been in the relationship because my heart was in the right place, yeah? But too much temptation, blood, between 20 and 26, blood. Like, and for me and Romeo, as you lot know, bro, it was just, bro, once we hit the TV screens, bro, but it was, we was, like, we was getting messages from other American stars, bro, that wanted to take us on dates, bro. I was like, what the hell was going on, bro? What the hell? Their managers are ringing our managers. Bruv, this is my... How many women can you say no to, bruv, that come in a mass amount that all want to do bits with you when you're 19, 20 years old, when all you are is this a warny little shit? You don't know about respecting relationships. I'm from, I'm from the ends as well. And from the ends, bruv, and we're savages. I was like, so <laughs> I'd rather I learn about myself than having to go on to actually break her heart and her to be the, the victim of it, of temptation. You get me? So that's the only thing I would, I would probably really change. Just like, I wish I'd have stayed single, like, you get me? All the other, the trino was like, I'm not having a girl, blood. He just kept it real. The trino was doing his thing with no conscience because he didn't have a, anything at home, you get me? But that's the only thing I, I, I wish I could have changed, man. I was a, I was a little fucker, brothers, man. Me, me, I was fuckers with the girls. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's all mad. But you know what I like about you? The fact that you're able to even talk about it because even off off camera camera before you got in it i was just like don't mention anything about alicia don't mention whatever but like you're you're cool and, and that just shows how much growth you've had to do within yourself like at what point in your career do you feel like you did the most growth it this is i'll tell you what the, the, this is the full growth yeah the full change of me 36 years old yeah imagine that 36 when i said I'm fully evolved into the person that I need to be going on. And that's when 2016, I went jail. I went to Wormwood Scrubs for 12 weeks, bro, yeah? I got proper set up by the police. Boring, I don't want to go a bit racial again, but I got set up proper, yeah? Mm. They put me in jail for some driving jail, bro. Wormwood Scrubs. Driving. A driving offence, was it? 
Yeah, driving offences, brothers. That's correct. And it was so, but it was such a stitch up. I think I saw you put it on your Insta actually. That's right. So, I, I, like yeah. I said, a lot of people. It was in the press, but because it was kept quiet and I didn't talk about, I haven't talked about it since. People was like the messages I've got in my DM now, bro. I didn't even know you went jail to our Google it the other day. Mm. You know what I mean? And when I came out of there, brother, never ever forget this year. I just came out of my second divorce, brother. Yeah, it was madness. You know, it was a, it was a madness. I shouldn't even got married. Long story, anyway. But I was just my life was just going haywire, bro. You get me? And I was moving irresponsible. My, my, the day I left jail, my mum sat with me on the stairs at Wormwood Scrubs, bro. Imagine this, I don't even smoke fags, bro. I smoked the fag. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> my mum, and she said to me, this is the exact word my mum's mum said, she calls me Junior. She said, Junior, you're my son. I would walk through burning flames for you. And let me say something right now. What you've done for this family and the things you things have achieved is amazing. But she said to me, son, certain things can't run no more. It has to stop. It has to... You have to take responsibility. How old were you then? How old were you then? 36, 37 I was, brothers. I'm 41 now. Yeah? Mm. And from that day, I just healed myself. And I remember at the time, you know, I, I went back to my... I came out of jail and I went back to my house and the girl that I was seeing, she cleared all the stuff out of my house. I'll never forget the night, brother. It was Real Madrid versus Borussia Dortmund, the first night I came out of jail. I'll never forget it because that's the game that was on. I remember Gareth Bell just scoring some mad goal. And I was sitting in my flat by myself and I was like, you know what, before I love anyone ever again, I need to love myself, bro. Mm. You get me? I need to, I need to focus on my kids, yeah? And I need to focus on my career because I've lost four years of my career due to all this women bullshit. You get me? And I'm not, as, as, although it might appear to you that I'm in the place that you think I should be, no, I'm not. You get me? So, from that day, bro, Two years, bro, single. I was actually saying to girls, I don't want to be in a relationship, you know. If you want to do things, cool. But don't expect no comments. Right now, all I care about is my career and my kids. Mm. You get me? From that year, everything just went amazing. Shot the video with Christine Millian. Brought out that song. You get me? Started my podcast. All my sponsors started to come back. People started to work with me again. Because, what it, Joe, what it was, bro, I was respecting life, bro. And I was respecting myself. And... Everything else was on the back burner. And then literally, bruv, the blessing of my life, bruv, I literally met, met my woman, bruv, and the rest is history, bruv. She just, she just was the final jigsaw, blood, you get me? She dealt with, she accepted my past, everything that come with me. We've got two beautiful children now. You know what I'm saying? She don't give a shit about Harvey from So Solid. You know what I'm saying? Junior, who you are at home. You know what I'm saying? And, and it changed. And now it was like, even when I met her, it was like God going to me, now I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah? Because mm. now you respect life. And now you respect yourself. And now you respect who you are. And that was like self-healing and understanding myself. Mm. Would you say to that people watching, because, you know, you said you're, you know, you're 41, but a lot of youngers, like, look at you. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people who, who, who were probably even too young to enjoy the Soul Solid era, like, they proper look yeah. up to you. Like, would you say that, them to just always just get your head right first before you go and you know look at the roads and whatever because a lot of people look to the roads as their as their acceptance look to the roads as you know their way of life like what would you say to them bro this is so deep that you said this yeah so and this is pertaining to your question about youngsters yeah imagine this two in our ends as you know we've got a lot of um from our ends is a crew called ojb i'm sure you've heard of them clue schema that's all our youngers. Their, their cousins are like my family. They're like little family. Just say, for example, like there was an incident that happened in my area where I've grown up about four weeks ago, right? And the incident happened internally between some of the youngers. So, you know, I know that the youngers respect me and Mega. So I, I said to Mega, give me my man's number. See, I'm not naming names. I said, cool. Mega said, yeah, yeah, cool. I rang up my man that was involved in this situation that was not involved in a direct situation, but was a part of it, but could defuse it. I said to my man on the phone, I said, my brother, I goes, what's happened here is not good. But if you lot retaliate and do something detrimental to yourself, especially that you lot have grown up as friends, I said, one's going to be dead, one's going to end up in jail for 30 years. Do you understand? It's not fucking worth it, my bro. You know what I mean? And uh, the, the brother was going to me, uncle, I understand, but it was a disrespect. Well, I said, well, if it's a disrespect, then just beat the fella up. And you know what? Mm. If you're not... Uh, are an internal crew 
yeah? We all surround, come together, yeah? Do what you've got to do. Have it out with the people that's got the beef. And then you wake up and get on with your life. You get me? And I knew on the phone when I was talking to him, yeah, he was dead silent. It's like, yeah. For 48 hours, I was so nervous. I was like, please don't let me wake up on Instagram and see, you know, see someone's being shot or stabbed over this pathetic shit. Yeah? And then what happened 48 days later? They met up, blah, blah, blah. Man said no one could join in and they both just had it out. You get me? Man got, one man got punched up and it's over. And I said, thank God. Slide, sliding doors, bro. Do you understand? Mm. What I said to the man is that you, you lot are going to mess up your whole life. Yeah, mm-hmm. over so stupid. Mm. You know what I mean? Something so stupid that, and I'm so glad that this person just listened to what I said to him. I said, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I've got so many friends as you have, brothers, dead, doing mm. life. Yeah, I have just a rush of blood. Yeah, just because you you got to show your mate that you're down. These no one cares about you when you're doing 30 years, bro. Yeah. My boy is doing 30 years now. I went to see him after 10 years, bro. It broke my fucking heart. You get mm. me? It broke my heart. Like, imagine being, I spent six weeks in jail, bro. I said to myself, how the hell do people do this for 30 years? Mm. It was the, so the youngers, I just tried to say to them, make sure you think about what you're doing because that one minute of madness, yeah, could seal your fate. That one minute. That's all it is. Mm. One minute. Pick up that gun. Yeah, and, and, and I, think, I think it's important that you, you know, you made that call because me personally, I think a lot of the issues we have now with like the youngers and that, a lot of it comes down to the fact that oldies have failed them, like the, the older generation have failed them and, and no one is really like, you know, reining them in and, or, or just trying to talk to them because when I was younger growing up, the olders, as bad as they were, like, if they saw me doing a madness, they'd be like, no, you know what? That's, don't do that. Do you get what exactly. I'm saying? Don't exactly. do that. Like, and now you, don't, you, ain't got, you ain't got any of that. Do you get what I'm saying? A lot of people are coming from broken homes where, you know, they ain't got their, their dad to, to, to give them that information. But if they look into the streets and see that, you know, someone who came from the streets can pick up a phone and just talk to them and say, look, you ain't got to do that. that. Things, exactly. things, things will be different. And bro, it's very, it's very important because I always say to the boys that are from our area, yeah, like, don't watch any other area, bruv, yeah, because the communication between our youngers and our olders, yeah, is so tight. If you watch, we done Red Bull Culture Clash three years ago, yeah, and Wiley said, yo, don't go in the UG corner, yeah, because that is the whole of Battersea, bruv. Like, literally, bruv, we had 60 men backstage, and it was, like, so solid, the older boy, the older generation, and all the SUK and OJB youngers with us. You get me? And we said to all the boys, enjoy yourself, but behave yourself. Because mm. right now you're in the O2 arena, blood. And this is our mm. work. Yeah. And um, you know what's so, yeah. what's so mad about that culture clash too? That culture clash was so mad. Like, what was it like being up there? Because you obviously you've, you've performed like many a time, but the energy in that O2 that day was mad. Bro? I've done some shows in my life, yeah? Mm. It's like, you talk to a footballer and you go, all right, Brad, what's your best moment? He would say, playing at Wembley in the playoffs or winning, winning a championship, innit? Yeah. Mm. That's how great it was, bro. The O2, 20,000 people, bro. Like, rocking. You get me? And what was even more better, to be honest <clears> with you, was teaching them grind boys a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> bro, the Texas that week, bro, the banter, like, Fecky texting me, Stormzy texting me. I'm like, wait till I see you lot. You get me? I said, I said to um, I said to Stormzy, yeah. I said, nephew, I'm gonna teach you a lesson. You get me? Because because mm. you man are spitters, but you don't know about dub plates because you wasn't old enough, you little shits. You get me? <laughs> the banter, the banter, like on the WhatsApp group between me, Wiley, Fecky, Stormzy, and imagine this: when we went to cut cut the last dub plate, yeah. This is gospel truth. We went to cut the last dub plate, and the dub plate was a dub plate that I was doing to counteract. Remember Solo 45, Floated Freedoms and Alliance? Oh, yeah. I, I was doing another version called Why the Fuck You Lying? Yeah, I was doing a dub. When I walked in the studio, imagine Stormzy was next door record, recording Cold. <laughs> that. 
the day before the clash. So as I walked in, he's in the glass. He's looked at me. I said, I looked at him. I said, see you. I said, tomorrow. Yeah. Mama said, uncle, tomorrow. <laughs> and the lessons that we taught them that day, even Getz and Kano said it. They said, shit, man. Them man, they got dubs. You get mm. dub plates. And they took us on a musical lesson. I said to them man there, you lot didn't read your contract. This ain't barring for an hour mm -hmm. and a half. Mm -hmm. It's pubs, barring, counteractions. And then I said, obviously you lot didn't know what you was doing. I expected a lot from you because you lot claim you're Jamaican and African, but then you don't know your culture then, do you? Because mm -hmm. we come from updates and clashing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was a good day, man. It was just good. And Joe, got, it was, jokes aside, it was good to see the unity, man. You know, Eskimo dance. UKG, Oslo, and it was just a celebration, bro. Even yeah. though, I even got ratings for Wiz Khalifa coming over and holding it down. Mm. Well, Wiz Khalifa was on crud, you know. Let me tell you something mm -hmm. right now. He's walking down, he walks past my dressing room with, is it Ty Dollar Sign? Yeah, probably. Yeah? So we've got on, like, UKG T-shirts on. They've got on Taylor Gang T-shirts on. Don't think Wiz Khalifa don't walk past me and go, y'all UKG boys about to get fucked up. That's <laughs> it. Bro, and I loved it because he played the character because it was like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's beefing music. Afterwards, we're all friends. I looked at my mom, I said, pussy. I said, this ain't America, pussy. Fuck off. You get me? <laughs> and Wiz Khalifa did not have it. He was like... They did their thing, though. They did their thing that day. Wiz is on job. I was mm. like... And, but afterwards, it was nice, man. He, after we finished, like, literally, he said, dude, man, I love your energy. And he gave me a big spliff. He gave me the Khalifa Kush. Mm. Gave me a... Hold that, and I was in my yard at night time, like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, so, man, I, 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 proper, I proper love that. And, and one last thing on, on, on that, I think with the, the, the gram lot, if, they, if they've been honest and so, which I don't think a lot of them know, like, their thing derives from UKG. 100%. Do you get what I'm saying? So, because I remember growing up, listening to the, to the pairs you goes. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, listening to you, man, and... Then it then it went into the whole nasty crew roll deep kind of thing and, and whatever. But a lot of the time, I think they sleep on the UKG thing. So, yeah. a quick one: Is UKG? I've asked this question before. Is that still like? Is there still new UKG being made? Do you get what I'm there saying? is. You got a guy called Mike Delinquent. Yeah, he's a good producer. Yeah. Um, a lot of men are trying to do this new UKG, but bruv, it means shit to me, bro. Because when a moment's great, yeah. Mm. You can't, you can't go back to it. Mm. It's like talking about the Liverpool team of the nineties. We had to wait thirty years to have another great team. Mm. Like you can't recreate that great moment, bro. Like it takes time. So sometimes I believe, like you know what, the Christy Millian record I done, what three, four years ago. Yeah, that was a garage sound, but it was just what I was influenced by. But I wasn't looking at it like I'm making new garage blood. Mm. I was just making something that's very comfortable comfortable to me that I know. How did link up happen? Through, obviously, you got to think, well, I've been friends with her for 15 years. She done, remember she done the song with Romeo, All Gravy? Uh, um, <laughs> I remember them too. <laughs> so, we'd be, right, when she used to come over to England and we was on the same record label, we, like, we used to go to dinner, all of us, like me, Romeo, her, all of us, like, brethren. So, when I landed in America in 2017, just after I come out of jail, I was actually in a hotel, the W Hotel in LA. My brethren's married to her sister, who's actually, yeah. people don't realise, my brethren who's married to her sister is actually an ex-footballer, Dominic Jean Zeprin. He was the goalkeeper for Nice. People don't know this. And then when he came over here, he went on trial to Brighton and then ended up with me at bloody Aldershot blood on loan. Imagine that. He's had a worldly... And he's married to her sister. Imagine So... The way it all linked up, he's come to link me at the W. He said, like, she's rang him. Christina, he's gone, like, Harvey's here. She goes, well, I ain't, speak to, I ain't seen Harvey for ages. Let me speak to him. Just a friendly chat, like, how are you? How's things? She's like, yo, I've been on your Instagram. I need to get on this English wave, like, this, these festivals that you lot are doing, man. You lot are fucking... I was like, what the hell? She goes, let's do something. Brother, within 48 hours, me and there was in the studio making a tune. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. I, I, and I, I think what's, what's the, the great thing that I'm seeing as well is that because of decisions that you guys have made in the past that like you're talking about, you know, you had to move out of the end. You then did, you went, you then went on T4 and, and you lot have got a solid base. Like from what I see, you're able to tour for, for life, man. And 
and you guys are one of the few British like black people from from, from the urban scene, urban scene, who can actually say you can do that. I think hundred percent. I broke. Bro, when I look back here, yeah, it's like the other day I put up a video, right? And it's so deep that he said that. And bro, it just threw everyone. I put, I don't know if Bradley's seen, I put up a video of me interviewing Jennifer Lopez and Spike Lee from T4 Days. Oh, I didn't see that, no. But my Instagram. So if you go four pages down, you see it when I interviewed them and it's mad. And man said to me, if the internet was around prominently how it is now when so sort of was that, these kids couldn't even lace our shoes, blood. Yeah, no. And forget, forget like, hooking up with people and all this stuff, yeah, and, like, going to clubs. No. When 50 Cent and them man used to come, in England, to come to England, yeah, they had to get the pass off us, bro. Do you understand? When they wanted to get, like, weed and various other bits, they got to come to us, bro. Do you understand? They was linking us and they was linking North London, man. And you know the North London guys are that was well-known in that area. So, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't name-check no one because I don't promote that. But you know how it was them days. Same with, as you see, the incident where... Dipset tried to disrespect us, bro. Dipset can't come in this country ever again. Bro. Can we talk about this, please? Can we Cam? talk about this, please? Like, what is the deal? Because Cam tried to come again. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, and Mega rolled up on him with the boys. Is that what? Okay, what is the situation here, please? If you don't mind talking about it, bro, there's nothing to mind talking about. It's all out there, bro. Let me say something right now. It works with any principle. One of Mega's family members, yeah, not a road you, just a nice you. Loved by everyone, Mega's people, yeah? He booked Dipset, paid a ridiculous amount of money near a football signing on fee to book them, yeah? Right? Them, man, they take the money and don't turn up. So you've got football signing on fee money in your account in New York, but you're not turning up. No problem. Then you think you could come in our country and do shows. Then Joel Santana got to the hotel. And then the rest is on the internet. Then South London turned up to the Landmark Hotel. There you go. There's your answer. So, man was like, you're not leaving this country, bruv, until a certain amount is dealt with. He dealt with a certain amount. Still outstanding. So Cameron thought he could come to Kentish Town and do a show. And do you know what? This ain't even a bad boy story. This is what I hate when people talk about so solid and dipset. No, bro, you robbed someone. That's what dipset done. Big dipset, bro. All the money that they earn. You can't rob anyone in any walk of life. So even when people speak to Mega, don't try and make it out like, that's what Mega said, don't make it out like this is some roadman story. They robbed someone for nearly, I think it was about 100 bags, bro. So when you land in the country, what do you expect to happen? Hmm. If I robbed Cameron and I landed in New York and I went to the Bronx, do you think I can just swan around there thinking, yeah, yeah, something's going to happen to me because you've robbed someone. And the disrespect is, is that the fact that Cameron thought that he could come here and do a concert. Bruv, Westwood saved his ass, yeah? Because Westwood said to him, Cameron, uh, for your best safety, I don't think it's best that you do this show because people are coming down here to see you. You get mm. me? Cameron booted out of the form in Kentish Town, got on a private jet straight back to America and then wanted to start doing the salsa with his woman and the thing guy, new English Jack boys are taking the big... I'm just funny. Me and all the boys, we found it funny. We said, you lucky bastard, yeah? You better go back up. Bruv, they can't come back into the country, yeah, until that debt, yeah, how they disrespect the people that I know, is settled, bro. It's, mm. it's, it's robbing. It's robbing, bro. You know what and I mean? So, it's not good. So, and, that's what happened. It's not yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely not good. But, like, if, if there was a situation, because you're a grown man now, where Cam or someone from Dipset comes and says, look, you know what? Here's the money with a little bit on, 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 on top. Like, we're good. Would it be like, okay, cool, settled? Because everyone's grown now. Bro, this is what people don't understand, yeah? Mega was trying to send this message to Cameron long time. Like, bro, we can sit down, chop it up, deal with it, move on. But it's when a man's doing all this... And you know how Americans go, isn't it? Like, fuck them man there. That's why they always get robbed when they come here, bro. Mm. Because it's disrespect. You can't come to a man's... I don't go to America with a terrible attitude. You go there, you humble yourself, you're in someone else's country and you're under another jurisdiction, my brother. Mm. So what, how do you think it's going to change for you when you land in our country? And then you have to, then you have to learn, out, learn that it wasn't about queens and cups and teas. When you see all the Brixton and Junction man together coming to your hotel, it wasn't so funny then, was it? Let me. Then my name was like, right. But that video, you can Google it. You know what I mean? You can Google it. You can see all the boys with, with, with Jurel Santana. But... Mm. They must have thought, like I said, it was Queen, 
cups of tea, crumpets. You get me? Until they landed. Big up 50 Cent, though. That's my dog. 50 Cent, don't think you can go to England and violate. You'll come unstuck more than anywhere. You get me? Yeah. 50 told them, you're mad. Them men are on it worse than us. You get yeah. me? It's, so, it's, I'm loving this because obviously you're who you are now. You're, you're Harvey, you know, and you're, you're doing all these good things and you still got old school in you. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 you, and you haven't changed. And I think a lot of people growing up who, who watch you might feel like they've got to be so true to the streets and that, that they can't actually excel like in life. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, see, but you know, I've got to be real or I've got to excel. And you can, you can do both, basically. Bro, you see this word, yeah? And I always said this, I say this to the youths, yeah? Not being real, keeping it real is the biggest wanker statement I've ever heard in my life, yeah? Why the hell am I going to stay in my yard, um, stay in Batsy at the time where I'm getting, I've got massive friends, threats on my life because people are jealous. People in my area are now jealous, yeah? For me to end up like, like a statistic, like God bless, God, God bless their souls, Tupac, Pop Smokes, all these guys, yeah? And they end up dead. Because one guy who's, who's got nothing to lose, I always be in my car one day and come and shoot me just to make a name for himself. Mm. My brother, when I got that check, yeah? I moved straight away, blood. You get me? My life is precious. Dr. Dre Records says it on the watcher. You understand? How would you feel if someone wanted you killed? You'd probably move to a new house on a new hill. You understand? I'm a family man. I've got a lot more to lose than you. So why am I going to sit here and try and keep it real? Yeah. Yeah. And You're mad. Yeah. You know, you know the work that I put in. And nothing to do with work with being bad. I wasn't, I wasn't no gangster. I wasn't no road you blood. I come from a good family. My mum was a youth worker. My dad's a bad man. Do you understand? And people know that Harvey can fight and Harvey will knock you out. And you see him, I'm an athlete. Do you understand? And that's all, bro. I didn't, I've never juked no one. You understand? I've never shot no one. Just by, you can be respected by being yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm not going out there to act like I'm something that I'm not. I'm fully aware who I am. No matter what I achieve in life, I'm fully aware of where I come from. Do you understand? No one can judge me, bro. I, I'm, I fully know myself. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Just because I'm what I'm going to now water myself down just to make you feel comfortable, Mr. Mr. Um, public that's watching me. No, bruv, this is me, accept it. If you don't, do one. That simple. Yeah. Uh, and love that. And, and before we go, yeah, like, t- I told you, it was light work for you beating up that part, wasn't it? Just <laughs> 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 man, I spoke to brothers about 40 minutes before I beat him up. I lie, Brads. Yeah, no, I remember it. Yeah. You, you won that day. You had a great thing. Obviously, your boy was there. And, bro, it was like, I've got to respect him just for getting in there. No, that's what, yeah, that's what a lot of people don't understand. Oh, people think, oh, Harvey bad him, but you got to respect him for getting in there. No. I've, been, I've, I've trained with MMA fighters and stuff. All my boys back home do MMA. I've trained with them. It's, it's hard, mate. And to get in that octagon, you think, oh, yeah, it's big from outside. Once you're in there, and it's yours. you're standing in front of a man. It becomes so small, man. So you got to protect him for getting in there. And yourself as well, because you don't no. know what you're doing for. Listen, I've, I've boxed, I've done all various things, man, but it was a different ball game because it's kind of like you're using all different types of types of muscles and you've got to protect everything. And mm-hmm. what I said to people, yeah, yeah, listen, out on roads, like that part out here now, yeah, like I said, yeah, I'm battering, do you understand? But you see what it is, yeah? Why I was, what people don't understand about that part, he comes from a pub culture. Do you understand? That part yeah. is you punched in his face. Do you understand? He's used to brawling in pubs. So I knew that if I give him the confidence and he gets through the first round, he's going to brawl. Mm. Because he'll take getting smashed in his face by me. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's been, he, he laughs about being knocked out, bro. You've been knocked out about 15 times, mate. I'm like, you're nuts, bro. Do you understand? <laughs> but what it was, I just said to myself, i got to beat up this guy quick. And it wasn't really him that I wanted to do with. I wanted to, because Dapper's got a real lad following, but I was getting so much racism in my DM, bro, before the fight. Because yeah. I said, you know what? I'm just going to beat him up just for, just, just for his followers. Do you understand? Just, just for his followers. Bro, my Instagram was silent after the fight, bro. Silent. 
It was only the man named like you, like, like boop, boop. <laughs> it was silent. It was silent, but I dealt with him, bro. The thing I knew what you couldn't live with, yeah, bruv, as anyone I tell you that's played football with me, I played wing back, bro. Brothers would love me in his team if I in my prime. Because brothers would be like, I'll sit in sentiment and make that fucker just run up and down and, and bomb on an overlap. Because I was that guy. You know what I mean? I'm that's why I love Andy Robertson. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've just got energy up and down. So I said, Dapper, how are you gonna live with me for 14 minutes? Mm-hmm. I wasn't even tired when I beat him. I said, he didn't realize I still had another 10 minutes of energy left in me. So it was nice, man. I respect him for getting in there, man. But I cannot go through everything I've been through, dealing with all bad man on me, knocking out certain guys to get beaten up by a dapper last yeah, at the end yeah, of my life. Yeah, you, yeah, imagine the stick you would have got. Can you imagine? <laughs> people yeah. have been saying to you, like, hey, brother, ain't that your mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate, no, nah, mate, not, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been good still, man. And, you know, um, this is our first one. And I'm happy that we got you on for the first one, man. And, and you know, all the best to you, Harvey. I hope you've enjoyed this, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, honestly, thank, you for, thank you for your time. And we know it's your son's birthday. Wish him happy birthday as well. Yeah, happy Come birthday, on. man. I will do. My house, is, brother, my house is hectic, but my house is just full of women, blood. It's like aunties, godmothers. But brother, I've had to come in my, my bedroom to lock off the yard, bro. Mm, yeah, that's it. And... Listen, it's good things what you're doing. It's positive. Like the youth, the youth need, need to see truth and just real stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? That that inspires them. And also, as you know, man, I got I love Bradis to bits, man. He's a good guy. He's a he's a he's a real human being. You know what I'm saying? And it's just also nice to see another brother doing well like yourself too, my friend. Just doing well with your careers and just and just enjoying your life, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, we man. only get one. No, trust me, trust me. And hopefully they look at this and you know they see real positive, you know, role models here and um, yeah. Guys, that's it. We're out. Definitely. Listen, so, let me know when it's out and that, and then send me a clip, an edited clip and that, man, and I'll put it up and all that for you, bro, just to get you out there and that, man. So that's your first one. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%, 100%, man. Def- definitely. So, yeah, yeah, guys, in a bit. Oh, thanks a lot. Take care, bro. Catch you next. Right, cool.